0: According to a study published in JAMA Pediatrics, delaying umbilical cord cutting at birth can provide many health benefits to both mother and baby. On today's program, we'll investigate that claim and explore what difference this couple of extra minutes can actually make in the labor and delivery room. You are listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, and I am Dr. Prathima Seti. Joining me today is Dr. Keisha Gaither, a perinatal consultant. Dr. Gaither, welcome to Reach MD.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Dr. Gaither, can you discuss what are the main benefits for term children in regards to delayed cord cutting and how does this compare to premature infants?
1: Well, for term infants, delaying the cord clamping tends to increase the hemoglobin levels and also helps to stabilize or improve the iron stores in the term infant, which is beneficial to them within the first couple of months of their life. For preterm infants, it's even better, it improves their red cell volume. It decreases the need for any type of blood transfusion. They tend to have a lower incidence of necrotizing enterocolitis and intraventricular hemorrhage. It improves the transitional circulation, meaning the circulation from being in utero to, you know, being outside of the mother's womb. It's also been found that there are a lot of benefits immunologically, which help little preemies. So those are all things that are found to be of benefit in delaying the cord clamping in term versus preterm infants.
0: That sounds great. But what are the downsides? What are the risks associated with waiting to cut the cord?
1: Well, the risks are relatively minimal, certainly if you have a baby that's distressed at birth, you you know, you don't want to obviously take the time to delay your cord cutting and negate neonatal resuscitation. So you would want to resuscitate your baby and then, you know, pay attention to delaying the cord cutting. That's one potential downside where somebody might delay that in reference to delaying the cord clamping. The other thing, there might be a slightly increased risk of neonatal jaundice that's been noted in a paucity of, of cases so in infants that do have delayed cord clamping, you just want to kind of pay attention to them after birth for evidence of jaundice.
0: So would you say with routine cesarean sections, planned cesarean sections, category one tracings, in those cases, delayed cord clamping is beneficial? And in cases where the C-section is done or a delivery is done urgently or or a vacuum delivery or non-reassuring fetal heart tones? Would you say in those cases don't perform delayed cord clamping? What are your thoughts?
1: I would not definitively say don't do it. I would take each clinical situation accordingly and make your best judgment.
0: If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I am Dr. Prathima Sethi, and I am speaking with Dr. Keisha Gaither, a perinatal consultant, So Dr. Gaither, what is the proper protocol when it comes to delayed cord cutting?
1: So let me talk about two separate issues, just so everybody has an understanding. There is a procedure known as delayed cord cutting, where essentially the baby is born, you wait 30 to 60 seconds post-birth, and then you cut the cord. That's delayed cord cutting. There's also something known as umbilical cord milking where essentially after the baby is is delivered you essentially grab onto the umbilical cord and kind of squeeze the blood forward into the baby from the placental end into the umbilical area where the baby is. So there are two separate procedures that should be definitively distinguished. Now, the proper protocol as far as delayed cord cutting is concerned, the baby is born, you put the baby on the mother's chest for bonding purposes and warming and so forth and so on, wait about 30 to 60 seconds and then cut the cord. Now, for Various obstetrical organizations, such as ACOG, the Royal College, they generally say 30 to 60 seconds. There are other organizations, such as the um, Academy for Nurse and Midwives, which say two to five minutes after birth. It varies depending on, I guess, whatever governing entity you're under, but ACOG, for us obstetricians, they generally recommend 30 to 60 seconds post-birth before cutting the cord.
0: So how long should a parent wait before cutting the umbilical cord, allowing the patient to, to cut the umbilical cord? Is that the same? It's
1: basically the same thing. And, you know, in the delivery room, there's generally a little yellow clamp that is placed on the umbilical cord a few centimeters from the insertion site on the baby's abdomen. So, the physician that delivers the baby will generally place the baby on mommy's chest and just wait 30 seconds to 60 seconds and then clamp the cord. And that goes for a doctor as well as a parent
0: waiting to cut the cord. So, Dr. Gaither, specifically regarding the immunologic benefit for the premature infant, can you discuss that a little bit with us?
1: Delaying the cord cutting allows blood to flow into the infant. And with this blood, there is facilitation in the transfer of immunoglobulins and stem cells, which these things are essential for tissue and organ repair. Preemies typically have issues where they have inflammation, organ dysfunction, cellular injury, simply due to the prematurity, which this transfer of immunoglobulins and stem cells may be particularly beneficial for. So this reservoir may help to provide therapeutic benefits for the infant later on in life. There are some studies ongoing looking at the benefits ascribed to the delayed cord clamping versus milking the umbilical cord, as I described earlier, to see specifically which one might afford a greater benefit for the term versus the preterm infant as far as the immunologic benefits are concerned.
0: Well, many thanks to our guest, Dr. Keisha Gaither, for joining us today and speaking on this very important topic.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was fun.
0: I am your host, Dr. Prathima Sethi. To access this episode and others in this series and to download the ReachMD app, please visit ReachMD.com, where you can be part of the knowledge. We encourage you to leave comments and share this program with your colleagues. Thank you for listening.